In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good afternoon, London. Yep, that's correct. I'm back home in the motherland. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Mate, I'm in a really bad way. I've got a cough, all that air conditioning in Vegas. I haven't slept for three days. Um, Yeah, I'm in a bad way, mate, to be honest. I've got to admit, I lost my voice at the Hippodrome. I've got a cold that I've had since Sunday. So, um, yeah, I'm not 100%, but uh, buzzing, undefeated. Things can only uh, keep going up now. Yeah, I think that's it. As soon as Brown starts uh, not losing, keyword, not losing, we all get ill and uh, our bodies suddenly start taking a hammer in. So, uh, yeah, well, when they, when they win, Jesus, God knows what's going to happen to my body then. Our bodies just aren't used to it. It's sort of an alien feeling and uh, we're all sort of reacting badly. There's quite a few of us that are downhill and uh, who knows. Yeah, so apologies, guys, if I cough at all on the, on the podcast. So did you meet anyone in Vegas? How are the Browns fans? Well, I did meet some young ladies. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I met a real cool guy, um, Greg. He, he came uh, pick us up. We went to uh, the Boulevard uh, grill and it was a Browns backers pub it was really good atmosphere isn't it fantastic so uh, I hear you've uh, got us a little clip so we're going to play that now excellent yeah enjoy good afternoon Vegas I'm here with Greg Urgevec did I say that correct Greg yes you did sir very good wow what a game mate we were on our edge of our seats all throughout that game weren't we yes we were especially at fourth quarter crazy yeah, and we almost had the chance to win, but the main thing is we didn't lose, and that's good. <laughs> and Greg, um, what are your thoughts? Where do you think we can improve going into the next game? I think we can improve on uh, the defensive rushing game on defense, and our offense improve the rushing game. Yeah, both sides of the ball. Well, yeah, what positives would you take from the game? I like what we did on the pass rush. We got a lot of pressure on Ben. Um, Secondary looked very good, so I'm looking forward to it this year. Yeah, at the start of the game, there was quite a few silly penalties, but um, the turnovers were absolutely amazing. Uh, now going in for the rest of the season, I am absolutely buzzing. As I am too. This is great. I mean, those turnovers are awesome. Too bad we couldn't get more points out of them, but uh, you know what? They kept us in the game, and toward the end there, we had a shot to win it. So. Uh, I'd like to see some more improvement on the passing game, and we'll get there. Yeah. Well, look, Greg, thank you very much. You took us to the Boulevard Bar and Grill in Vegas. Thank you very much for your hospitality, and uh, change is coming. So, thank you very much, Greg. Um, do, I've just got one question. I've been obviously following you on Instagram and Twitter. Do you only wear brown, Browns gear? Because every picture I saw of you out there, you've got at least a Browns hat or a Browns jersey on question Jack. Uh, in the evenings I don't wear a baseball cap but if there's a photo opportunity I like to be having a Browns cap nearby. 
Nice. Right. So, as everyone knows, I weren't a big fan of the Jarvis Landry deal. But as I always stand, I, I want to offer redemption. And so, you asked me before the first game, and I put it out on Twitter, so it's all there. The receipts are available. What does Jarvis Landry have to do to prove me wrong? And I've set him three targets. So I'll break them down. I looked at the highest paid, eight, highest eight paid wide receivers in the NFL. And three key stats I looked at. Average yards per catch, Jarvis Landry comes in at 10.1 yards, which is eighth. And seventh is 3.4 yards ahead of him. I've set him the target of 14 yards. So that would mean he's sixth as it stands in the top eight. But I think that's a, a good move forward for him. In terms of yards per game, he comes in at 63.1, which is seventh in them top few. I've set him the target of over 75 yards a game. I think should easily be achievable. Then first two targets, he did hit in week one. So it's looking positive, like he could prove me wrong. And the third target is touchdowns per season. So he's averaged 5.5 in his career. Um, <coughs> and Sammy Watkins is ahead of him with 6.25, despite playing 12 less games in that time. So I've set him the target. He's got to get seven touchdowns this season, which would make him fifth in them top list of uh, wide receivers. But they're the three targets. If he hits all three of them, hey, he's proved me wrong and he's a different player than he was in Miami. OK, great. And uh, what happens if he only gets two of the three? If he gets two of the three, then... That's it. It's, it. All three have to be hit. Okay. And uh, what are you going to do if you lose? So, here's the thing. We had Greg on, um, one of our first guests in the studio, and he was trying to get me to buy a Jarvis Landry T-shirt. So, if Jarvis Landry wins and hits all three targets, I'm going to go out and buy a Jarvis Landry T-shirt of Greg's choosing. I'm going to be wearing that T-shirt on the next pod after the final game of the season. And also... I'm going to be first game at the Hippodrome next season wearing, I guess it'll be a bless em, Jarvis Landry t-shirt. And also, I'm going to tweet Jarvis. I will hold my hands up, sort of FIFA losing 5-0 style apology and just uh, admit I was wrong, that he's a different player and good luck to him and everything else. But uh, we'll see what happens after 16 games. OK, and uh, if you win, what are you going to do? If, if I win, then I'll just give myself a nice pat on the back and uh, I'll probably stick it to everyone. I'm, I don't tweet hate to players, so don't worry, I'm not one of them people. But you will see me giving stick to everyone who can listen to me that it was a bad signing, it's a waste of money, and I've been proved right. So uh, I'm not one to sort of rub it in everyone's faces. Ah, that's a lie. I will run it down everyone's throat. It's three targets that you should easily achieve for the money he's on. Um, it would put him at sixth, fifth, and fifth in them three categories. So, yep, the, the target's there. Go out and achieve it, and um, let's see what happens. Fingers crossed, I would love him to achieve it. So, I'm not hating on him from that aspect. If he goes out and achieves it, he's a different player completely than anything he done in his time at Miami. And I want him to be a different player, because if he's the same player, then he's a bust. But he's got... He'd done it in week one, um, in two of the three... Can he consistently do it? Let's see. So lots of people wanted Saquon Barkley number one in the draft. And I told them at the time, running backs aren't important. And I've gone into that another times. But 
we've got Joe Thomas on to talk about rushing efficiency. So over to you, Joe. Let us know, what did you say last season? I know I, you always hear a lot about like the 4.0 yards per carry, which is always uh, sort of everyone's standard. Like, all right, if you're rushing for four yards a carry, um, that's a good run game. But actually, if you want to be a good running team, the most important stat to look at is rushing efficiency, which is a first down, a touchdown, or four yards on a carry. And if you are above 60% rushing efficiency, you've had a good rushing game. Because if you look at rushing in the NFL, you say, all right, we went for one, two, three, four, one, two, 60. And then you go, holy shit, we're rushing really well. We've got a seven yard average. But really, how are you going to get the offensive coordinator to call a run again if he's getting one and two yards and he's looking at uh, third and seven all the time? So that's the most important stat to look at is actually rushing efficiency is when you hand the ball off, are you getting four yards so that you're ahead of the sticks? So it's second and six now or third and two. Or are you getting that first down or are you getting that touchdown? That's what's going to allow you to get 20, 25, 30 carries in a game. And then you walk out of the game feeling good about getting your 100 yards or whatever it is at the end of the game versus saying, well, you didn't have four yards of carry, but you were really efficient. So you did stay ahead of the sticks and you were able to keep the offense on the field and be a manageable third down. So just a little bit of education for you guys in case you were wondering. So thanks a lot, Joe. And as Joe makes the point, Saquon Barkley, if you look at his numbers, he had one great run for a touchdown, and it was phenomenal. But if you look at what he did across the rest of his runs, they were awful. There was minus four yards. He was only getting about two yards at best on his runs. So if you can't consistently run a ball, and most of the time you're falling over in the backfield, doing what he did in college, great highlight reel player, lack of performance, it's just laughable that people thought he was going to be the worldie. I think he's got potential to be a fantastic player. Move him to the slot. Maybe as a third down back. Um, but he's not a three down back. He can't run the ball. So um, I don't remember if I asked you this at the time, Paul. Did you want Saquon Barkley number one? No, I never did. Never did? Oh. I, I always wanted um, a, uh, a late draft bruiser. Uh, running back, I'd like I'd like to take in two late round uh, RBs. That would be my uh, dream scenario. Yeah, I was worried if if you'd have told me you wanted Saquon Barkley, I might have had to put in a uh, trade request and uh, done a run <coughs> um, surviving the season, boys, or something. <laughs> don't, don't like to get you on the show, mate. Um, <clears throat> no, my um my draft strategy would have been uh, QB one, then potentially Chubb. And yeah, load up on defensive O line players, and uh, yeah, then get RBs late, late on as possible, wide receiver late on as possible. We've got some breaking news coming in, Paul. My boy Corey Coleman, just he weren't good enough for the Cleveland Browns, he weren't good enough for the Buffalo Bills, but he's good enough for the New England Patriots. It's uh, it's a fantastic move. I look at our roster, and I can't believe that Dorsey thinks. Willies is a better wide receiver than Corey Coleman, but uh, so be it. What, what do you make of that? It's a, it's a stunning move. What's well, interesting, do, um, do the Pats get all our rejected uh, wide receivers? We've had Hawk, um, Brint, and now uh, Coleman. Yeah, and, and even on defence, they, they had Danny Shelton off us um, to trade up about 12 picks in the draft. So, um, 
No, who knows? They're obviously seeing something that we aren't seeing. Mate, he's a first-round pick, mate. There's, there's, um, you know, he's, he's a capable guy, you know. Um, it's just a bit strange why he was only at the Buffalo Bills for such a short time. Yeah, it, it was odd. But, um, no, you dug out some uh, figures earlier today on snap counts, which I thought were interesting. Do you want me to pop them in here? Yeah, go through the headlines, mate. mate I'm still struggling from uh, Vegas, mate. You're going to have to lead this one for us. I'll lead it and then we'll see if there's anything notable in here. So, offensive snaps, we had 89 in total. So, Zeitler, Hubbard, Batonio, Harrison and Tretter and Tyrod Taylor hit them all. I don't think there was any surprises there. Then we had Landry on 81, Injoku on 78, Gordon on 69, Higgins on 54, Hyde on 47, Duke Johnson on 41, Fells on 38, Callaway on 15, Orson Charles on 8, Valve on six, Chubb on four, Watford on three, and Willie's on one. I thought, for me, the biggest surprise in there is how much Gordon played. Yeah, I think um, he played a lot, and I thought Callaway would play more as well. Yeah, I sort of, I almost expected the Callaway and Gordon numbers to be the opposite because sort of before the game it was, oh, Gordon's only going to have twenty snaps. You obviously had Hugh come out after the game. I don't know if you've seen it, and basically said, I don't know what happened with the Gordon stuff. He wasn't meant to be out there for the first play, but we went with a different personnel, and I'm really disappointed. Basically, having a go at Todd Haley for playing him, and Hewitt obviously said during the week, he said, I don't care if Gordon's 100% fit. He's not playing the first snap. So um, I don't know if there's a bit of older argy-bargy behind the scenes, but Haley uh, obviously stuck his neck out and said, sorry, Hugh, but I want to play Josh Gordon. Suck it. So uh, we'll see if there's any repercussions. What a lad. What a hero. He, he almost sounds like um, a material. I, um, did, what's, um, what was your thoughts on... Um, one quick question would it be around um, the pump returns. Uh, Peppers, not Callaway, receiving them? Um, I, don't, I need to sort of watch the All-22, um, which I believe is out later today or tomorrow um, in the UK. And don't know if it was just a case of they didn't like what they got from him because Callaway started them and then it moved to Peppers, if I'm correct. So um, I don't know. I think they might just need more time with Callaway or might not have liked what they saw. But it's, it's difficult to sort of judge it on the standard sideline cam because it's all a bit weird. All right, great. Uh, anything else you want to discuss, mate? I was just going to drop the defence in there. So, we had three players play every snap on defence, which was Schobert, Garrett and Ward, um, which was 84 snaps. Randall on 83, Ogunjobi on 79, Mitchell on 67, Kindred 62, BBC 62, Kirksey on 61, Smith on 57, Collins on 51, Avery on 43, um, Coley on 42, Peppers on 35, Ogba on 27, Lawrence on two, and TJ Carey on one. And I think the interesting thing for me there is, A, Garrett played every snap, which is unusual for a defensive end, and he was getting pressure on them all. Um, usually you need to rotate them out. Avery as well, because when Ogba went down, and it looks like he's going to be out for a little while now, um, he more or less <coughs> was playing left defensive end. Obviously, he was stood up, because that's where he's more natural rushing, but... I thought he did a really, really good job, and PFF loved his numbers. Um, on defence, Avery and Ward both made uh, Team of the Week. 
And yeah, great you, to see. Do you remember the uh, flag late on? Um, weren't late on. Do you remember the flag for um, Garrett wiping out Big Ben um, that went as a, I think it was roughing the passer it went as? Yes, yep. The NFL came out today and confirmed that it was a busted call and that should never have been a flag. And you have to wonder, if that flag's not given and they kick for three points, does that end up changing the result of the game? So uh, it was bad officiating, I thought, in several parts. I thought there was a few holds and other bits we should have got. But uh, it's one then we just take it on the chin and keep going. Yeah, definitely. I thought, yeah, the ref and a lot of things didn't go our way. There was that um, one call that did go our way. Uh, what one was that? That was quite a big moment. I thought... Was uh, it the... The Peppers one where he got to the one-yard line, I thought that could have easily gone as a touchback um, because I thought he fumbled it before he got the knee down. But, hey, I'm not complaining on that one because he, you do need – the way our offence was playing, the defence needed to get it to the one-yard line for them to score. Yeah. Mate, um, uh, I've obviously been travelling loads, so I've only watched it in the, in the bar. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, A, getting some sleep and then, B, actually watching that game in detail. No worries. We've got some good shows coming up this week. Really looking forward to it. So uh, make sure you come back, guys, because uh, there is some crackers in the pipeline. Yeah, and uh, technology, we're going to try and go live. Do you hear that, Jack? We're going to go live. Yeah, I, I stopped you from saying it the other day, but you, you've twisted my arm. So uh, let's see what happens, guys. It's going to be interesting. We'll uh, confirm tomorrow exactly what time it will be going live. What do you know yet, Paul? All right, excellent. I think we're going to aim for 8 o'clock uh, UK time, which would be about 3 o'clock um, Cleveland time. So as soon as Nathan finishes his show, hopefully we'll be going live. It's not a bad spot to be. So, um, no, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. And Paul is at, at PaulBrown underscore UK. And follow him on Instagram as well. He's always a good follow on there. I'm going to change my handle to uh, at I sleep underscore I have It sounds like you need more sleep than me, mate. That's a worry. Yeah, mate, I've been, I've been in the air. I've done two red-eye flights back to back, so uh, I just can't wait to get back into my bed, mate, and just have a good sleep. No worries, right. Drop the magic words, Paul, and then we'll wrap this one up. All right, excellent, mate. Jack, great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, got some great shows this week. Uh, I've even got something up my sleeve for an ex-player. Going to come on the show, hopefully, end of this week. You heard it here first. All right, buddy, mate. Take care. Speak to you soon. Change is coming. Ah, I've got it in this time. Change coming. There's change coming. There's change.